before I won Miss Canada, I just believed it, felt it, knew it, ate it, everything. Yeah. Miss Canada. Like I envisioned it and it happened. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Confessions of an Actress. I'm your host, Meredith Patterson, and I am bringing you gold today, you guys. You don't even know the amazingness that's about to happen with this episode and this interview with one of my great friends of 20 years, Tanya Memi. We went to college together, and she moved to LA. I stayed in New York, and she did amazing things in Los Angeles, and I did some amazing things in New York, if I must say so myself. And we reconnected when I moved out here um, about seven years ago. And, you know, but we kept in touch throughout the years. You know, it, it was not the same with social media, you know, keeping in touch with each other. But um, as you'll hear, I screamed at the TV when I saw her and get her big break. And, you know, I'm just celebrating her all the time. I think she is an incredible uh, woman, um, friend, and mother, and all of it. So I'm really not going to say much more because I can't wait for you guys to hear this um, and just relish in all of her advice, her incredible advice that she has, body, mind, and spirit. Um, so please follow her at Tanya Memi Official on Instagram and go to her website, TanyaMemi.com, to learn more about her. But you will learn a lot, uh, a lot of awesomeness in this episode right now. So welcome to the show, my great friend, Miss World Canada, Tanya Memi. We're here. We're talking. We're here. We're doing it. Yay. We're doing it. Oh my God. It's just, again, like I can, like I said, I get this adrenaline rush when I talk to you. I just get so excited and forget it. When we're in the same room, it's like, in, it's like craziness. It's craziness. The, yes, and the energy is awesome. And it just goes all the way back to 1994 when we yes. were like five years old (laughs) (laughs) when we were when we were at AMDA together in New York and I just knew you were like my soul sister I love it I am I will always be that and you always be that to me no matter what yeah no matter what you're my tea my yes yeah you're my mayor (laughs) you're Miss World Canada yeah, well, you are Miss Broadway star. <laughs> this is leading how, on this Broadway. Is, this is how the podcast is going to be, just back and forth. Exactly. Being, <laughs> being goofy. No, I. All right, I'm, I'm ready. I'm. I'm. I'm good. I'm good to go. We're going. This is it. Yeah. I'm, what? We're on already. We're on. <laughs> are we really? Is this on? Are we on? It's already. We're already doing it. This is why we should have a show together because. Oh, totally. We've been saying that for years that it would just be so ridiculously fun. We really started already. Like we are. We are. We did. Already. Yeah. <laughs> you really didn't say anything. You I kind didn't, of didn't say anything. <laughs> I started it at a good spot. Oh, per- yes. This is the dropping That's in on hilarious. a, this is, this is us on the phone. Really? This is how we it are is. on the phone. And I, you know, I constantly tell people like who are fans of yours, they're like, is that what she's really like? And I'm like, yeah, that's how she mm-hmm. really is in life. Like how you, what you see on TV, you are genuine, you are authentic, you are infectious. Oh, you are, wow. You are inspiring. See, this is going to be the podcast. This is going to be compliments back and forth. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, but no, you are all of that as well, and you know that. I, I, I thank you for that. I mean, you're the person in school in Amda that every everybody was their jaws would drop <laughs> watching your long legs dance across the stage, and you were just you stood out for um, everybody in the entire school, and everybody knew you. Thank like, you. Everyone knew Meredith Patterson. <laughs> It was a very big deal. I don't know that it, I don't, I feel like it was more of a, like everyone else maybe. I, I, I didn't, I guess I didn't no. feel that about myself at the time, but I have to tell you the people like you and, you know, many of my, when many of our classmates at Amjet, cause it's a small school, really, yeah. really connected and are still friends. You know, we have. Yeah, I actually do. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And but here's the thing. I remember screaming at the television when I saw you as the direct TV customer news anchor. <laughs> like, that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. But that's like, so like we went to AMDA together in New York. You were Miss World Canada, which is my my um, nickname for you. Because always you will be that to me. And you were this beautiful, gorgeous woman coming into school. And then I stayed in New York and you went off to LA. And then the next thing I knew, you were starting hosting. And like, it just, just, it's, it was, I remember just, like I said, screaming at the TV because it's <laughs> absolutely so natural and so perfect for you. Like you, you resonate so well with people. And obviously, nice, Mayor. Oh my goodness! Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I actually went back when I was doing my research for this interview or this this talk with you, and um, I watched a little bit of the Direct TV, and I was like, Oh my! Gosh. Oh my goodness! I don't even didn't even know you could watch some of it. Yeah, I found Did you find a clip. I, I found a little clip of it. Yeah, I'll have to send it to you. It's on YouTube. Oh, you have to send it to me. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, talk to me about like you know. Talk to me yeah, about, what do you about want to know? Well, I, about becoming, I mean, I, I know I'm sort of jumping oh. in the middle, but like, I know you and I've talked about this, but like when you started DirecTV, you hadn't done hosting before that, correct? Uh, well, it was very interesting. I had done, I don't know, you know, I just started getting, like I had done this thing called the Video Wedding Planner. This was really the very first job I ever got. Oh, I don't know this story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. So, well, like we all do back in the day, we would do anything just to get on TV. We do stuff for free. We do stuff for very, like, basically any no pay. Yeah. And I, my first thing I ever got was a small part on Saturday Night Live with Sylvester Stallone. Really? And that's how I got my SAG card. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Yeah. It's out there on the internet. And now that's embarrassing. You have, send, <laughs> you have to send that to me now. I'll send you the direct TV thing. I'll send you that. <laughs> I'm the girl in the nightclub at the Roxy where the, he punches out while he's dancing. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. This is and awesome. Then, <laughs> yes. The clip is out there. I got to somehow, I need to figure out how to put it on my social media because it's hysterical. Oh my God. And I look like I'm 12. And then after that, I got, um, wait, not Tony Danza, the guy that played uh, Rocky. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Did I say yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. You okay. said. Then, <laughs> yeah. Then the second job I got was an. Okay. Now this is totally aging myself, but it was an MCI commercial. Remember the phone company MCI? Oh, yeah. That, okay. The people anybody under thirty will never know what we're talking about. <laughs> right. And yeah. I was Tony Danza's daughter in a wedding. Okay. And I was getting married, and I did this whole thing, 
And that's when, you know, we would do one spot and we would make $130,000. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those days are Don't gone. exist. I know. But that's a whole other situation. Um, so that was like the second job. And then I did this thing called the video wedding planner where they hired me to do this. It was a, you know, the VHS tapes, the yeah. big VHS tapes. It was on <laughs> one of those and it was this interactive thing. And then that was that. And at the time I was kind of, you know, struggling along like we all do in New York city, working 10 jobs and living in a 500 square foot apartment. Right. With roommates. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I mean, it's true. And then I, um, okay. What was the next thing? Oh, direct TV. So this is how I got the direct TV job. I kind of lied a little bit. I told a fib. Oh no. So <laughs> I was dating this guy his name was Kenny and he was a part of this. His dad owned this massively huge advertising company okay. in New York. Okay. And we, so we got invited to the Super Bowl. You probably got like, where is this going? Okay. So we got invited to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I've been to the Super Bowl about four times. Oh my God. Back in the day. Awesome. As a struggling actress. <laughs> and the last time I went, I was staying, it was in Miami. This was years ago. And I'm sitting at this bar at I don't know, the Delano Hotel, the Delano Delano. There's two ways of saying it. Anyway, so I'm sitting at this bar and this man comes and sits up beside me. We start talking. He's like, uh, so what do you do? And I said, oh, you know, I'm an actress, blah, blah, blah. And he says, uh, do you know how to read prompter? And I said, sure. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> I had never read prompter ever in my life. And he says, well, I'm with DirecTV and, you know, we have this little news show and blah, blah, blah. And and we want to kind of have more hosts involved. And he goes, send me your resume and your headshot. So I sent it to him. And because we, we started chit-chatting and totally lied that I'd done prompter before. And then I sent it to him. And a few months later, he they called me in for an audition. And I got like a 30-second spot. Oh, my God. And then, uh, yeah, and then six months after that, I got another 30-second spot. And then like three months after that, anyways, in time, in about two, three years, I ended up becoming the customer news for direct TV spokesperson on channel 201. Yes. And we I was like the first seven years. Yeah. That was like, that was like your first big job for me. Like I remember when you, I just remember seeing, like I said, seeing you and being like, Oh my God. And I had no idea that that was, that that was how you got it. I didn't know that you lied, that you lied. Of course you can read like prompter. I don't know. Well, I, it's I a skill. Oh, definitely. I don't, I'm not knocking anyone who has training and reading prompter, but I would probably have done the same thing. I'm not going to, I'm I'm not going to lie that I would have lied at just like, yeah, of course, like I would have been like, sure, I can do it. Well, I also thought this guy's not going to call me because I never do. So I wasn't really taking the whole thing seriously. Yeah. But it, it took you, but it, did. it took you seriously and gave you like, you know, your first break. They and, did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I started with DirecTV when they had 15,000 subscribers. Look where oh they are God. now. Oh, my God. And that just started everything. And that kind of taught you how to host, right? Like just doing it. Well, you know, the interesting thing about hosting is a bazillion different, um, I guess, talents in which or crafts in which you have to hone. Yeah. So there's like, you know, teleprompter, there's infomercials, there's red carpet interviews, there's sit down interviews. There is live shots where they're unscripted and then they're scripted and there's stand-ups and there's this and that. And there's, you know, there's also talk shows where you're sitting down and you're amongst a group of people. There's magazine format shows where 
you kind of say your lines, some are scripted, some aren't, and then you go run off and do some kind of activity and they film you. And so there's, it's like a variety of skills that, um, depends on what jobs you get, but some people only do talk shows or some people only do non-scripted hosting, you know? And you do all of it. I have had to do all of it. it. Yeah. My bills. I've had no choice. (laughs) (laughs) But I know that people, you know, I, I don't know, you know, in, in the hosting world, like, that's the the fact that you do all of it. I feel like, you know, is a, is a testament to your, your training that you had in New York, like doing acting and improv and singing and dancing and just all the different stuff that gets thrown at you. You just seem to be able to do it so well. Like you just get it thrown at you and you're like, okay, I'm just going to do that. And I think it's a testament to your personality because I think being a good host, it has a lot to do with your personality. Am I right? Yes, it does. <laughs> well, the thing with, with hosting that is different than acting is that it's very, you feel very vulnerable because yeah, absolutely. it's very much you. And it's, it's you. Yeah. So like with an actor, they're like, well, I don't like that character, blah, blah, blah. As a host, if they don't like you, they don't really like you because, <laughs> and I, yeah. you know, I've experienced it all. And, but yeah, I would say that going to AMDA was a wonderful thing. And it's just like anytime you can get on stage, whether it's in front of a camera on stage or live or theater or whatever, it all makes any direction that you pick in this business, it makes it, you know, easier and better. And it's all experience. Yeah. I mean, did that, did that sort of lead you to the direct TV job? Did that just lead you right into doing hosting auditions or were you still auditioning for, um, you know, other gigs and just kind of seeing what stuck? Oh, no, I was auditioning for everything. I was auditioning for acting for the next, like, when I graduated from ANDA, I was, I was, I really, 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 truly wanted to be an actress. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy now that it be, that I became a host, but even during the time, the first seven years, I'd say I was hosting, I was auditioning for everything. I was on, you know, screen tested for three soap operas, and I was on Melrose Place, and The Practice, and JAG, and CSI Miami, and so I did act. Oh, yeah. And I did a crazy horror movie with Corey Feldman. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> well, I'm going to his wife's birthday party tonight. Actually. Oh my God. That's Yay. A, no, tell him I said I'm hi. So no, I yeah. no, I love I honestly remember when when you got that gig because I was like, oh my God, I love this so much. And I have to I just have to like because I was such a big fan of Corey Haim and Corey Feldman growing up, like, of course, it's like our generation, uh, just like to see that you were opposite him. I was like, oh my God, flip, flipping out. But yeah, you've done, you've done a lot of acting. Um, we've never gotten a chance to do anything together. We need to. It's about time. I bet you I'm better now than I was then just because with age you. I think I'm better. It's like a bottle of wine. <laughs> I think as age. you get, it, it's true. I think as you get older, I, I think you you have to become better. Well, maybe not. I, there's some people. Well, I think who, you have more experience. I think, I think you should become better in all aspects of life, not just acting, but some people don't. They devolve instead of evolve. Maybe. Yes. I, I understand that. <laughs> but that I feel like, I, mm-hmm. I feel like you and I have evolved. And so I, yes, totally. I know that I'm, that I'm better at acting. Um, but you, I mean, you're the one who, and maybe my audience doesn't know this, but you're the one who kind of was like, you should do a podcast back this was <laughs> last year. And yes. I, yeah. And you were like, you should do it. And then, and then Ruth Klein was like, you should do it. And I'm like, what should I call it? Confessions of an actress. That's it. You're going to do it. And I was like, okay. And you are such an inspiration to me anyway. Like I, I, I really do. 
Oh, my, but to my audience, like, honestly, like I, you do always lift me up. Like even, you know, like obviously we're in, in, in an interview right now, but in life, this is how we pretty much talk to each other. And you, if, if I have something going on, you, you can, you can switch my energy. You can help me. Like you lift me up. So if you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Well, you're just, you are so, so, so talented. Like I've seen you evolve. I've seen you come from, you know, stage back when you first started. And I I mean, I didn't get to see you on Broadway. You uh, you didn't. You were busy. I was traveling the country hosting (laughs) Sell This House. Sell This House. You were very busy being an Emmy nominated TV host. And that's, well, I think, mm-hmm. that's great. That's, that's what we want in the world is to have our friends being, you know, successful, but like you doing this me or me doing this podcast, you are my, my guru. Like I listen to your podcast and I'm like, how is she doing this? How is she hosting? Like, I really do go to you, um, and look up to you. Oh, you're, you're just so sweet. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, I, you, you, you are like a sister to me and, and doing this podcast has really been fun. Like I wasn't sure what it was going to be. It is like. fun. They are I, fun. Cause I'm not a host. Like, like you are, you, you are a host and that's something where I'm, I'm, I'm learning so much from you, um, in that regard. And, and you're so good at it. So you did bring up sell this house. And that is also where I screamed at the television again, because we're, you know, we're, we're on opposite side of the country, sides of the country, having graduated from school together, but opposite sides of the country trying to do our thing and get in the business and all that stuff. And I, I am one of those people who, when I see my, my friends and my colleagues and people who I love be successful, like I scream at the television. <laughs> I know I do too. And I still love, like sometimes they pop up on commercials and stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, or no. big TV shows. I'm like, that's Tanya Memmi. And <laughs> there you are doing sell this house all over the country for 15 years. Yeah. Well we did. Um, after direct TV, I had done a bunch of jobs. Like I was on, um, I did a uh, sports reporting. I don't know if you know that, but I did oh, sports I didn't reporting know that. No. for CBS. And then, um, so it was like, I had to, you know, I led up to getting that job, which was on A&E channel. And I was on, so I did three shows for A&E. So one was Sell This House, and then one was uh, Move This House. Oh, right. So I was doing those two shows at the same time. And then I did Sell This House Extreme. And all together, I was on A&E channel and FYI and sometimes bio for 15 years. That's crazy. And here's a question, because... Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me because I remember asking, I think I've asked you this like once or twice, like, did you know anything about, um, DIY and like, like, um, like selling a house and how to like, how to, no, like, <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, <laughs> which is amazing. Cause you're so good at it. That's another thing that you're just, it seems so natural that you just fall, you well, just fell into it. Sometimes you get jobs because. I don't know whether it's fate or the universe or what it is, whatever, whatever you might want to call it. But I do come from a home building family. So I grew up on a construction site. Yeah. And so I saw all the designer homes and I saw the designers at work. But I always was like, well, I'm, I don't want to be a part of the family company. I just want to go to Hollywood or New York City. Yeah. And I want to be an actress. And so I never really, I loved home design and it's natural for me. And I grew up watching houses being built. 
Uh, my father built my house, the one that I grew up in as a kid. Yeah. And so I was always, always around it. And then my mother is an artist. Oh, yes, she is. She's a it's very, fantastic. very talented artist. Yes. So it's in my genes. And then when I got to sell this house, I still didn't really know that it was there. Yeah. Of course, home design. And I just, you know, fell into place. But really, I mean, being on a show like that for 15 years, I'm scrubbing and cleaning and painting and spackling <laughs> and tiling and ripping out carpets and putting in new floors and wallpapering. I mean, you, you just learn stuff and yeah. either you enjoy it and you sort of take it on or you don't. And I ended up really just taking a liking to DIY. So about six or seven years into the run, I started to do DIY projects on the show. Yeah. And they got more complicated and more complicated, but better and better and better. And then that's how once that show, once I was off that show, I was asked to be on the Home and Family show on Hallmark Channel Yeah, because of the DIY. And so I was on there as a guest and they had me doing DIYs. And then about a year later, they had me on as a family member. Yeah. As a full-time cast member. And I remember you doing so. those DIYs and and just the, and this is probably something people don't, why well, know this is people, like people don't know the work that goes behind all of that. And I remember like you coming up with stuff and like, and, and, and trying to get it together before the, the filming and, um, and, and, and Max got to be on the Halloween show. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> you guys were on it a couple times. <laughs> you got to be on the show. <laughs> it no, was a it, show though. It, it was, wasn't easy. It was, it was, it was a, lot, a of lot of work. It was a lot of prep. But I loved it. But it was really, it was really good and you're really good at it. You're just, you know, yeah. And, but, but I think, I think in terms of like, you know, whether you're doing acting or, or dancing or singing or, you know, any one of the skills between you and I, the work behind it and the prep behind it, um, and sometimes the stress of it, you know, is this stuff that people don't see. So like, I, I feel like sometimes they think that, oh, I could do that. Like you make it look so easy. Like you make it look like anyone could do what you do. And I've had people say that to me, like, oh, I feel like I could do what you do. And I'm like, um, yeah, but it's, it takes well, a I certain. Can paint a, I can paint a picture for you here. <laughs> yes. Um, there's this single me that was doing sell this house and I was single and on the road and traveling a lot all those years, but sell this house just to start was a very manually intensive show and yeah. everything that you see me doing on the show. I did like, I oh, yeah. was not sitting on my butt waiting for the paint to dry. I was the one putting the paint up on the walls, at least for the first seven years. And then we did get painters, but it was a gradual experience. And there was many times, you know, ripping out carpets and using power tools. And I mean, so here you are trying to host a show and look half decent. And we didn't have hair and makeup on the show because it was just oh, too grueling. Oh, I no. didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't no, know no, that. No, no, no. See, that's why it's because you're Miss World Canada. You just look good. No. You my look goodness. good. You look good at your at, at other people's worst. You just look good. Well, there was no way to have uh, hair and makeup. There just really wasn't. Not on the budget that we were on. Yeah, that's and, yeah. You know, it's like twenty below and it's freezing and half of the walls ripped out and we're just trying to stay warm. Like it just did there's no electrical outlets to even plug in a curling iron half the time because but that's you where go- your personality and being in it like just like this is an adventure like I can just see you on the set being like you know obviously it's not easy and obviously there's like your you know tension and being tired and stuff but like you said as you're as you're single you you're out on the road and doing your thing and going with the flow yeah, but it was, you know, it was hard. It was, I missed a lot of birthdays. I missed my nephews growing up pretty much. Yeah. Uh, made a lot of sacrifices. And 
you know, and I always tell people this, like, and I'm not trying to see that the glass, I'm just very realistic about it. Yeah. I love what I do, but had I, like people always say, well, would you do what you did over again if you could? And I, I don't know if I would, like, I don't know if I would pick this, this route again. So anybody yeah. out there that's listening that, uh, if you absolutely have to do this with no other choice in life, and that's what you really want to do and need to do, and it's your being and your soul and everything attached to it, then do it. But if there is a plan B, or you're like, you know, I wouldn't also, I wouldn't mind also being a this. Mm-hmm. Go for that. <laughs> Go do that. I know. Like, it's, so, it's such it's, good advice. It's not easy. Yeah, I, I'm just, you know, so sell this house was really hard. I was on the road for 15 years, living out of a suitcase. Yeah, I was home for maybe two weeks. The most I was ever home in those 15 years was probably a month. And you know, I um. It's really hard living just like that alone. And they, and I was by myself all the time. But at the same time, I had a very big life. I mean, I was invited. I was invited to the Cannes Film Festival a bazillion times. I couldn't even go. Yeah. And now that I, now that, you know, things have calmed down a little bit and I took a five-year uh, forced hiatus, I don't get invited to the Cannes Film Festival anymore. <laughs> you got to be on a show. But that's all changing. That's all changing. Um, that's that is all, all changing. changing. Yes. And, I, you know, it's funny because I was talking about, like, you know, how the business can be fickle and, like, you can be invited to all these fancy-dancy things in in one breath and then in the next breath people don't invite you to anything. And your life outside of the entertainment industry has to be pretty um, full, right? I mean, I has to. you have to have some balance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely – have to have a lot of, of balance. I think the problem is, is that when you're working your way up, it's really hard to find that balance because you want it so bad. Yeah. And so you place a lot of your self-identity on your success instead mm-hmm. of on your life as a whole. Oh, and then yeah. I think like as you become a mom and you have kids and this and that, that changes even then. Like they get, there's like chapters, you know, that you kind of go through. And then when you're on a show, uh, like the one sell this house and even home and family, I was so busy and so stressed out. And uh, it was, it was a lot of work manually, you know, manual work and emotional and work. And, and it was, it was very stressful. So then you have to deal with that. Yeah. And so it's hard to have a full life because you can't see your friends and you can't have a boyfriend and you can't, you know, you're just not home enough to be able to do that. I know. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, I, I, at, at the height of my busy was doing 42nd street and it was just eight shows a week. And then when you're not doing the show, you're taking care of yourself or you're auditioning for your next thing and you're trying to have relationships and you're trying to have friendships and you're trying to keep up with everything. And this is before social media. That was when I did that. And you're right. It's, it's hard I mean, I'm sure that if, you know, sell this house was around now, you could be doing stories and stuff like that, where you can keep in touch, quote unquote, keep in touch with people. Um, and I say quote unquote, because it's not really face-to-face interaction. Um, and, and having that social life when you're trying to hustle and have a career, it's hard. Well, I just do things differently now. I yeah. mean, now from everything I've been through and you know, I was on Hallmark Channel for a little while and I ended up quitting the show that I was on because I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And so I've had like the highest of highs in this business. And I've also been nominated for an Emmy and I've also had the lowest of lows in this business. Yeah. I've had too much work and I've had no work so mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. 
and um, and it's just it puts perspective on things. And now I feel like I'm kind of about to, you know, I, I have the opportunity again to be on television again and um, on a new on a new show, but it's on the A and E network. I'm yeah. just not allowed to announce the exactly what it is, but it's really exciting for me. At the same time, super exciting. I, yeah. Um, but at the same time, I come at it from a very different perspective because um, I'm excited in a different way because my life is full. I have a daughter. I have an amazing man in my life and I have a lot of things in my life aside from my career. So my who I am inside has really nothing to do with my career anymore. So I don't care about being famous. I don't need to be famous. I just want to put some food on the table for my daughter. And that's all it is at this point. And I just want to keep doing something I actually like I'm good at. That's it. Yeah. That's, That's all it. it is for me. I don't it's so need true. To be, any of the other stuff is just icing on the cake and and who knows where the next chapter is going with my career, but it's just nice to get paid for something you love doing. And that's really all it is at this point for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, just to be honest. It's really yeah. it's really true and that's that is the, that honestly I feel like is the dream because I don't want to be famous either. Like it's not that there's anything wrong with being famous. It's that that when you're when you're starting off in this business, I feel like that, that sometimes is the goal because you think it's like an end result. And like, once I'm famous, I'll be rich. And then everybody, and then everything will be easy and everything will be, I don't know that I've arrived or whatever. And, and I know that being close to the flame of fame, which you and I both have, we've been, you know, around famous people in, in situations with celebrities and knowing, um, and and you knowing much more than I I am in terms of like knowing a little bit of um, fame and having fans and stuff like that. Like I I think being close to that, I I see that that's not something that I don't know if that I necessarily want. I just want to, like you said, be paid to do what I love. Yeah, I mean, if fame you know? comes along with it and you gain more fans, I mean that's great. But it's so not my my first thought at all like I don't even think in terms of that it's weird like when you go through a lot of ups and downs in this career and you know I'm I'm in my late 40s now and to be given another opportunity at this on a on a you know a nice network and be and just very excited to go into this next chapter it's my personal self-identity doesn't really have anything to do at all with TV show I'm on, which it, my identity was completely and utterly attached to my success in my career. Mm -hmm. And when it falls, which it does for, you know, a lot of us at some point in our career, you don't know how to handle it. You don't know who you are. You don't know where to go. You don't know. Because I tried a few, when I, when I walked off on Hallmark channel, <laughs> I uh, was very lost. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I didn't know. And I tried a few businesses and they failed. Mm -hmm. And it was very difficult for me because really all of these years I've been working and a successful television host and I didn't really have the skills to do a lot of other things. Yeah. You know? Sometimes this is where I go. Life happens when you're um, on a podcast. You get phone calls. <laughs> oh my god! This is the um, real. This is the real behind the scenes look at what interviews are like. What what happens? No, it, the, the, what what you were saying was what? <laughs> I'm oh god! I don't even know. Okay, so where I was just saying that I was on the show that I was on 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 Hallmark Channel. You know, 
I, I, the day that I, when I walked off of that set, cause I wasn't happy on the show. There was mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, toxicity on the show at the time. It's very different now. I don't, I hear now everything's sort of, uh, getting better over there, but at the time as a single mom, I, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And so my, I, what I didn't realize is that my whole entire self identity was attached to me as a TV host mm-hmm. and I didn't really know who I was. And so I was just thinking, Oh, I'll get another show, blah, blah, blah. Well, that call didn't happen. It was yeah. kind of a big, you know, it was kind of a big thing and a lot and, of people knew, knew about it and, um, and it was tough. And in the self identity thing with the entertainment industry or, or quite possibly any other industry, if you, you know, they, they say one of the most devastating things in your life is one of the most devastating things is to be fired. Um, it seems to me as a, as an actress or to lose a job. And to me as an actress, it feels like, well, that happens to us all the time, but there's, for, for me, I guess uh, there's always been another job around the corner. And, but when my, when the job isn't there and my identity is wrapped up in, in being successful, not just being an actress, but being successful as an actress or being successful in the entertainment industry. And then that's gone. You and I talked about that. It's, it's devastating and it's devastating. it's It's unearthing. Like I didn't know what to do with myself. Exactly. And I mean, that, that's what happens to a lot of, you know, celebrities in general is if that call doesn't start, you know, doesn't come in again and they're, and they're very, very wrapped up in what they once had, you know, it can really send somebody off the deep end. It really can. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I really, I was in bed for probably a couple of years. Like I was so depressed because I I didn't know what to do. I tried business. I tried a few new businesses and um, just pick the wrong business partners and those didn't work out. I mean, I'm just very real about it all. It's true. No, it's, and, and I think that, I think, you know, like I say all the time, like, I feel like the platform of success is talked about so much, but then the other side of this business is that there's risks that you take and there's failures that happen and you have to pick yourself up and go forward unless there's something else you want to do. Like you said, if there's anything else, because you really are passionate about, about what you do and you're so good at it. You're also, you know, an entrepreneur and a philanthropist and, you know, you're, you're, um, lifting people up. I really feel like is, is however you do that as a host or in, in your podcast life masters. And you really do. I think that that's a huge part of you is lifting people up. So maybe that's why, you had to go through the hard time of your life to then be able to reflect on it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely been very interesting (laughs) Um, (laughs) because, you know, I used to, like, I went from owning a beautiful house in Santa Monica and, and, you know, driving a nice car and doing all those things that we do and the parties and the the Emmys and Oscars and all that. and, And just always busy to, no, I, I chose to walk off the set that day yeah. and I had to live with that decision. And in five years, uh, thank God I had a little bit of money left, but I really went through just about all of it. And it was very, very, very difficult. And it's interesting to see who leaves you and who stays and mm-hmm. what managers and agents drop you and which ones stick by you. And, um, and then I was lost and I had no idea. And I, I gained probably better friendships at that time, but I was very depressed during a lot of it. And then all of a sudden I, I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I was searching and searching and searching. And the one thing I realized is that 
when you're in your rock bottom, nobody is going to be there to save you. Yeah. You, you got to do it yourself. And I was desperate for answers. I was like, well, what do I do? I don't know how to get out of this depression. I don't know how to get out of all of these problems I'm having now. I mean, I was having problems with my relationships. I wasn't dating the right people. I wasn't, I would, the phone wasn't ringing. And, you know, I was suffering from a little bit of PTSD too, from totally what I had gone through. And so the the jobs I did get, I just really wasn't myself. And I realized I had to take time off and heal anyway. And then I decided to interview a hundred people that hit rock bottom because I wanted to know how they got out of it. And that's how I started my podcast, Life Masters. I was desperate for the answers. Mm-hmm. And and that's how it started. And then after interviewing about 40 people, um, and I'm still not at 100, I'm still working my way up. I realized that all of them did kind of 10 or 11, 12, 13, you know, similar things. And these are people that don't even know each other. And I thought, wow, well, what's, what's all this about? So I dug into that a little bit more. And I, I promised my, I literally woke up one day and I thought, well, everything I'm doing is not working and sitting in this mode of being angry and bitter and mad and whatever, because things aren't working out. Mm -hmm. uh, We got to stop this. We got to change our our frame of mind. And I, so I started implementing five or six of the things I learned and it's, I know it's going to sound crazy, but literally within six or seven months, my entire life turned around. Yeah. I don't think it's crazy at all. I I know exactly. I still think it's totally crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how it happened. And I I don't know if it's because of all that or if it's just that's the way my life was going to go. I don't know. But all I can tell you is what I did, you know? it's Exactly. And I think that the the energy shift is part of it. But also, also you, you learning from those people you brought on your show and, and one, you know, and and also you, you wanted it too. like, you wanted to get out of it and you were taking steps. So not only were you like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I need to, I'm reaching out and looking for answers as well. So can you give some of those tips to, to, to us, to me? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) you know, it's interesting is now, you know, I, I started, public speaking now and this is sort of my platform interviewing yeah. 100 people that hit rock bottom and how they got out of it and it's yeah. turned into this whole thing and um well one of one of the things that i noticed that all of them had come to was a point in which there was that day mm-hmm. where they're in their rock bottom and there's always a day or a moment or an experience that has happened to them and i can i ask this question with every with every person i interview and there's always, they can always answer it. And I said, what was that one thing that day or that moment that you decided to change? Mm-hmm. And they all have it. Well, a guy walked, one one person said a guy walked up to me and gave me a book that changed my life. Or, um, and I can't remember, it was, um, it was the one about money. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was one of them. Okay. And yeah. an, another person said, uh, you know, there's just all these different ways in which they realize that. One of them said that their mother... They were at it. They were at a table. This was this one guy. Oh, I love him to death. His name is Rodney Flowers, and he had a football accident at fifteen. It was all of a sudden paraplegic overnight. Yeah. And uh, he remembers the day when his when his mom, he was trying to eat and he can't because he doesn't he can't even use his hands. And so he's eating his chicken with his you know face in his plate and this and that. And his mom's standing there and she says, "You're going to figure it out." And he it was a love hate like a love 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 hard relationship. 
But what does he do? He started learning how to use his hands. And now he is a public speaker. He's applied to TED Talks. He lives a very full life. Uh, he's an amazing human being. And he lives pretty much like and, and has, has successes like the rest of us do. And it, he remembers the day when his mom was really hard on him and said, I'm not helping you. You're going to learn it on your own. I mean, that's yeah. tough love, right? Oh, God. And, so there's all these amazing, amazing things, and they all remember that one day. So the first thing is you have to decide that you want to stop living in the place that you're in. And, um, you know, the first thing I did is I I got so many people out of my life that were just holding me back. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that, you know, we've probably all heard some of these things before, but it's really, really actually doing it. Because when you're in that state of mind, you don't care. Yeah. No, it's, it's very black and white. It's yeah, like, absolutely very black and white because you know it's like when you have a death in the family or somebody passes that's very close to you you just don't care you're like you're gone you're gone you stay and you stay but you're gone (laughs) it's true it's very true you get very clear you get very clear and it is mental it is a mental shift and and we will be talking about this when i am on your podcast which i'm super excited about in the future and and but I, I, I find what, what is a similar um, tip or a similar attribute for people who have been at rock bottom, when you make that decision that you are now going to change or this is not going to continue or I am going to do this, this, or, you know, it, it is a shift and it's mental. At least it was for me. It was, it's usually mental. That's really, and it's also, it's all feeling based too. Like you have to passionately want to change. You have to, you have to feel your future and feel that you're better than this. And, you know, it has to come from a very passionate side. And we all have that little teeny tiny mustard seed inside that, you know, you just kind of hang on to every once in a while because you know that you're worth more. Yeah. And it's also um, not, it's not, it's not gripping onto it and holding onto it and kind of the way that, um, I feel like I was in my twenties where I was just like, I have to do this and I have to get this part or I have to be this or be that. It's more of a, um, it, it's already here, you know, it's already, yeah. it's already a part of me and I have to let go and open my fists and, and be in a relaxed, open state and know what I want, feel what it's like to have it but then let go a little bit, right? Yeah, let go hugely, hugely, yeah. hugely. I mean, not that's try- a lot of it. Not trying to control everything, you know? Well, it's it's also, you don't have to have that part and you don't have to have that role. Yeah. Because it's not gonna, that's not what you need. What you have to have is food and water and shelter. That's what you have to have. Yes. <laughs> but really. Yeah, no, you're right. You know? You're and right. So, I believe the universe or God or whatever that is, they put things in front of you that you can handle. And there's, there's pure gold at your rock bottom. Like that's mm-hmm. where the best stories come from. That's where the best movies are made from. That's where the best, you know, visions that we have. That's where we've created, we've solved problems. We've done is at the rock bottom because you're, you're like you said, you're very, very clear. And I, you know, life masters came out of my rock bottom and I learned how to change my thoughts. And, you know, one of the other things, one of the first things I did too is um, I started to just, and, you know, when you're at your rock bottom, the last thing you want to do is be grateful or love more or whatever. Any of that's very hard right? to do. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> and, 
And here I am, you know, interviewing these people where they were at their rock bottom. They got out of it. Some of them got out of it years ago. And now they're multi-gazillionaires living the best life. And I'm like sitting there going, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and it's so it's so funny you say that because just to interject, like I know you so well that I would, I, I in, in your first few interviews, I'm like, I can see, I know why she's asking this question. Or I can see there's just a little like mustard seed of like, I want to be there, but you, you know what I mean? Or, or well, a little or bit of jealousy and, and a little, I wish I wasn't sitting here. And yeah. That. And I'm not all, that person. We've all but. felt that. And you're totally not that person, but we've all felt that. And we get to yeah. that place and we're like, okay, we got to push through this to get to the other side. You know, they're, they're farther along than we are <laughs> so far. Yeah. And I have a lot more compassion for people that are, you know, angry or bitter or go on social media and say something mean about me when I just posted a flower. I mean, you know, and, (laughs) (laughs) and I know where they're at because I was there Yeah, and it has nothing to do with me. And so I've learned so much about so many different things and I have, I am, I'm a lot more empathetic and, and I understand how humans work when they're, because at my rock bottom, I had especially one person in particular, and I won't you know, that it's a situation I completely regret from this day. Yeah. But they kind of put the nail in the coffin when I was already laying in it. You know, there's those people that just. Totally. And I had, you know, I I called it my exfoliation period um, where I had to just exfoliate a lot of people. I just sloth off the dead skin cells in my (laughs) life. Exactly. You know, I, it is the only way to put it because there was people when I was very clear at my rock bottom that I was like, no, you're not serving me. You're not helping me. You're actually making everything worse. And, um, I need to get really clear about the people who are lifting me up and who are helping me, even if it's just sitting with me, because you're right. When you talk about, you have to do it. Like no one's going to pull you out of this position. No, they don't. No one's going to come to your rescue. Like they can be there for you. Like, like, you know, in those moments, I could see you hurting and I'm like, I'm here for you, T, whenever you need me. But I knew, just like my friends with me, knowing like, there's nothing I can do. You have to do it. You have to do it and and get yourself out of that moment. And it's hard though. It's really hard. But once, really hard, you, once yeah. you do it, you got to push through it. And then, and then other, you know, and then things start coming to you fast, like you were saying, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, it's it, the other, the other thing I started to do is I just started to force my heart to open again and stop. So the, one of the things too, is like, with that being said, it was really listening to my words and seeing how negative they were Yeah, and how I was coming from a place of fear rather than abundance. And I'm a totally different person now than I was a, even a year ago. Uh, it yeah. was my, my state of mind is just completely different. And I, I said to myself, I'm going to stop myself because you think it first and then you say it right. So, you know, when you're about to say it, you just, you just can't not say it. I know. To one of your best friends, you're like, well, I heard so-and-so blah, blah. Like, and I'm not even a gossiper, but yeah, you're not at all. Like you're not, not that person to be like, I heard this, but, but yeah, you get into a, you go there, you go there. Yeah. Yeah. When you're negative. Totally. Oh wait, I lost you. Hold on. Are we there now? Can you hear me? I think it's you. It's me. I think it's your thing. Is it you? It's it's me. Yeah, because it's like totally not me, Mary. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. It's all me. <laughs> no, and, um, no, you go, yeah. you go to that negative place. But then you can, you really can get out of it. And 
I had to learn to, to open my heart more. And, um, uh, you know, a part of me too, is dating the wrong people. Mm-hmm. I allowed the wrong people into our lives. And, you know, I think the biggest decision that you make is, is who is in your life romantically, because I very much believe that their energy is a, becomes a part of your energy, especially, mm-hmm. you know, when you really bring them into your life. And now I have had people, there's one person, there's one person that I dated that was actually quite younger than I was, who was an angel and, and helped, you know, a lot in my life at that, at that point. Yeah. But then, you know, that was years ago. And then, and now we're amazing business partners. And I ended up now meeting somebody who's six years older than me, who's now the most incredible, amazing, perfect person for me. And by allowing that person into my life, that was really the key to, and the beginning to a whole world of healing for me. Like it was, it's amazing when you make, yeah. but it's a series of making good decisions. It really You is. have to make good decisions. You have to make good decisions. And it is really, you know, you are, you are a sum of who you, who you surround yourself with. And, you know, it's like, I think they say it's like the five people that you surround yourself with in your life who are the closest to you is what you're influenced by. So if you have people around you that are gossipy and and bitching and whatever negative and, and always thinking about the, the worst things in life that can affect you. Absolutely. It is as toxic as smoking, complaining, apparently. Um, I read <laughs> yes. that, I read that somewhere, but, but that's why, you know, in, 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 in the start of this interview and me talking about how, whenever I talk to you and wherever I'm around you, you energetically get me into a place of abundance. And maybe you don't know that, but it's, and I think I, I, I honestly, I feel like I say it every time I see you, I'm always like, I'm so excited to see you. I really am genuinely from top to bottom feeling my energy shift when I'm around you. Well, that's and the biggest compliment you could ever give me. So I love tr- you for that. It's the truth. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And I, and I think the, the lesson in that is to um, be around people who do that to you, more. Yes. whether they're romantic, whether it's a romantic connection, which yeah, I would hope that that would always be the case or it is your friends. And it's okay. If you don't have a thousand friends, you can have five who are awesome. You could have three, you could have two, you could have, you know, whoever, as long as they light you up like that and they lift you up. That's right. right? And, um, I'm a big believer that there are two types of toxic people. This is what I learned when I was going through all that. Yeah. And the one, the one, the first one is the, the people that we hang on to, the people that are from our past that keep us living in the past. Oh, yeah. So, when, for example, when I walked off the Hallmark, the Hallmark Channel show, I, you know, the people that, you know, you reach out text messages and you know they're not going to text you back, but you keep reaching out mm-hmm. and then you do like the question mark, question mark. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> they don't care about you. They really don't. They, in fact, they don't even want to talk to you. Yeah. So, but we do that. We hang on to those people because for some reason we need them to accept us, to hear us be a part of us still because it's all ego. It's all just, well, if I get their acceptance, then I'm okay. Yeah. And we know we're going to be turned down by them. And then the other toxic people I think are the people that never were there to believe in us in the first place. The people that really don't want to see you succeed. We all know who those people are. Oh yeah, absolutely. We keep those people far away. I mean, I was told (laughs) by one guy that I knew for 25 years who I was considering dating that I should go sell life insurance. Not that there's anything wrong with life insurance selling. I think it's amazing. I'm not good at it. <laughs> and 
And that's respectful towards people who are good at it. Yes, so, there are people that I mean? are gifted and they're meant to do it and they're amazing. They make more money than I ever could make. That's but, not your jam. That's not where you live. Yeah, I'm not good at it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like telling someone who's amazing at selling cars to, well, go be an actress then. It's insulting either way. I mean, yeah. well, you and I would love to be, an, we're actresses, you know, yeah. so it's, and it's just, <laughs> that person is no longer in my life, needless to say. And I, you know, and that's okay. <laughs> and that's an evolution of, of that's getting older. That's realizing this person doesn't serve me anymore. Exactly. That's exfoliating them. However you want to say it. I love the word exfoliating because it, I, I, it's a visual to me. I, I, I once had them close to my body and now they're sloughed off. And it's okay. And and I used to, you know, you and I are both very, okay. we're, we're both it very nice, fine. nice people. I, I consider us kind people. And I felt guilty about that moment of my life of being very clear and being rock bottom and saying no more to this, no more to this, no more to this. And, you know, I had, I had therapy and I had a therapist helping me through those moments, but I did feel guilty about it for a while. And then I was like, you know what? I don't feel bad about it at all because my life no. is better now that I exactly. don't have that negative energy. And I have people like you and I have people like Dustin, my husband, who's amazing. And I have, you know, incredible friends who, it's interesting when you did say, you said this, when you hit rock bottom, who is still around? And I feel like those are, those are my gems in my life. And yeah, cause it doesn't matter. It's, it's you They're You're in their life because they love you, but there's also people that hang around because they want you to be there. So it's interesting. <laughs> You kind of have to know. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> that's a uh, yeah. whole nother episode. No, but, 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 I think the takeaway from all of this is, you know, really it's up to you. Like in, 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 in all forms of life, in, in, in terms of like, you know, being successful in the entertainment industry and not identifying yourself with what you do. Um, it all sort of starts with you centering yourself and being, um, as healthy as you can about your identity with your, with your job. And, and I, I'm broadening this out to not just entertainment industry, but whoever you are, because it can go away. It's all fleeting. It can all be gone. And then what you have at the end of it is you and hopefully some really good people around you. So, well, yeah. And I can also say this, if you want to be in this business or you want to be an actress, this is what you want to do or host or whatever try to create some kind of residual income side business. Yes. Create a multiple streams of of income. Multiple streams of income. I say it all the time. Yeah. I wish I did it when I was in my twenties. I wish all those years when I was on sell this house, I wish I had created an entire home design line of products. Like there's so many different ways I could have used that success at the time and uh, you, cause you always think that when you're successful, it's always going to keep coming and coming and coming. And many times it doesn't, you just shift and you go back and you shift and your life changes and evolves. Yeah. But if you have that residual income or a product line or something, right. But it was very, it was very different when, when you were on sell this house. And even when I was on Broadway, there was no social media. There was no, uh, you know, branding yourself was very different. And uh, yeah. It it now is is a lot more organic. It feels like um, well, it's necessary now. It's that's necessary. Yeah, it really is. So that's really good advice because I think um, people might not realize that that didn't exist in when we were you know in in the height of our 
the height of our business, um, which, you know, can happen again. That's another thing. Like we're still young. We might be in our forties, but we're still, you know, young and beautiful and viral, you know, like, <laughs> what am I trying to say? Like, you know, I don't know. We're, hanging, we're hanging in, I'm hanging in there. Um, <laughs> we're hanging in there. Uh, and, you no, know, it's all good. It's, it's good. And, and, you know, you really can create and it takes time and not to be hard on yourself. That's the other thing. Yeah. Just time. remember it takes time, Yeah, but it really has, it all does start from within and it starts from watching what you say, watching what you think, like thought, it has been scientifically proven that thought becomes energy. So what you think and what you feel can actually create your present time. Everything in the world started as a thought. If you yes. think about that. So exactly. Thought, so thought, be, careful. be very careful. Yeah. Thoughts become things. There's actually, um, uh, I used to actually get emails from Thoughts Become Things. I don't know if it's thoughtsbecomethings.com, but it's one of the guys who uh, was on the movie The Secret back in the day about your thoughts, that they become what – that's what you think is what becomes – it well, manifests in your life. So I'm a very big Joe Dispenza fan, so you might be talking love, about Joe, Joe Dispenza. He was I, on The Secret. He was as well, and I love him as well. Yeah. Yeah. So he helped me a lot, actually. He doesn't know this. He doesn't know this. But he my knows dreams, it now. Yes. Used to have Joe Dispenza on Life Masters because the man really, really, along with my Life Masters, but he kind of solidified everything. Yeah. Uh, he really did. And he, his uh, his whole philosophy and everything along with every my Life Masters on the show really, really changed my entire perception of where I was. And, you know, now I'm public speaking and I have an amazing man in my life and um, I'm very excited about. Uh-oh. Just lose you again? Did I, I lose you again? <laughs> oh my gosh, he just called me, Mayor. That was him. Okay, that's so crazy. So Wait. there you go. Oh, that was crazy. That was OT. Just called you right in the middle, and you were just yes, talking about he him. Just called me. That is some visual. <laughs> that is some manifesting that you just did. Hi, OT. I'm not in. <laughs> right. That is amazing. No, it's that is that that is exactly what we were talking about. It really, you know, thoughts become things. You think about someone, they're going to call you. Yeah, well, it's true. And, you know, one of the things I did, Mara, to really change my life around is I dedicated every single morning to hiking and listening to uh, Joe Dispenza because my life masters told me that how I think and feel becomes reality. And so I came across Joe Dispenza. My mom told me to follow him. And so he has this, uh, these, these meditations, these walking meditations that I paid for. And if you go on his website and get them, and I did that every single day and I still do it. And now when I, I mean, I'm still, you know, I'm always trying to create more and do more, but that was huge for me because yeah. I would literally eat, breathe and envision, um, my dreams. Now, you know, remember when you were little, this is really, this says it all. Remember when you were little, mm-hmm. okay. And your little girl. Did you ever think that, uh, did you ever b- believe and feel and think about your future? Oh, all the time. All the time, right? All the time. But as we get older, because when you're little, you don't have all the experiences. You're not jaded. You're not thinking about, well, this happened, did that happen, did that happen? You're just thinking, feeling, and believing every single day that you're going to be on Broadway or that you're going to have this or you're going to be that or you're going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I was the same way. Yeah. Nothing was in my way. When I when I before I won Miss Canada, I just believed it 
felt it, knew it, ate it, everything. Yeah. Miss Canada. Like I envisioned it and it happened. And as we get older, what happens is now you're in your forties. A few things happen in life. We're stuck in the past. Mm -hmm. We're not thinking about our future because we're too afraid to believe in anything anymore. We're too afraid to have our, our minds and our hearts and our feelings believe that there's time left, that we could still do this, that we can still do that. So where do we live? We live and we think and we feel in the past, right? Yeah. And so we keep on re-envisioning and we're not changing. We're not, we're not evolving. We're living in the past. Yeah. So and society tells us changing. Yeah. And society also hammers it in that like, you know, you're older and all this stuff. And I'm like, I, you know, it's, but you're not, you're yeah. not, you're not, you know, it's, 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 it's a mindset. It really is. And I believe Joe Dispenza is going to be on life masters now that see, this is like, Oh o- yeah, totally. OT called you. Like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there that he is going to, that, that because we were talking about OT, he called you. And now we're talking about Joe Dispenza and he is going to reach out to you. There's somehow it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It really, I I'll mean, let you know when. it's one of those things that I think, um, that is, that is such great advice. And, and, and I'm going to do it even more than I, than I've been doing it. I, I love listening to Abraham Hicks. I love visualizing, um, you know, and, and meditating. Because you made it. Mary, you were on Broadway. Do you I, and understand I, how impossible that is to do? Like and you did and it. starring on Broadway, I never, like, like if I was to think about it, I was like, I, I said but You knew myself, you were going to be there. You knew well, you were going to get there. I said to myself when I was 13, I'm going to be on Broadway in the year 2000. And when did I make my Broadway debut? The year 2000. Like, no joke. I, it, it's That's exactly- what I'm saying. That's exactly so, what happened. And then I, when I got 42nd Street, I said, I know I'm going to be Peggy Sawyer. Now, I wasn't the original Peggy Sawyer, but I eventually was, took over the role. And everyone thinks of me when they think of the show, which is crazy to me. But that was me. I, I envisioned myself starring on Broadway in that show. And I did. I envisioned right, myself so on television where... with David Kelly, like David Kelly Productions, yeah. who I wanted to be on. T- I mean, I, I still have to, and I, and I know what you're saying, I still have to envision those things and not think that I'm, you know, go back to being a kid, just like you said. You got to go back to being a kid and remember how, how with, with unwavering faith and belief, you knew and you felt and you thought yourself in your future. Yeah. We didn't have any, we weren't jaded. Right. So we were always thinking and believing in our future. And that's really, we all, we got to get back to that. We have to. And that's what I did. That is literally what I did. And I wanted to get back. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to give up on hosting. I don't want to do this anymore. It's too hard. Right. And then finally I thought, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I want my own show. I want to do, I at least want one more shot at this. And then, you know, soon I'll be able to talk about it on social media. But yes, I did get the phone call and we're shooting 20 episodes of an amazing show on A&E. And oh, it's like, I'm like, oh my God, what are you talking about? I have no money left and I get to pay my visa bill. Oh my God. You're, you are a little girl manifesting your dreams. And I'm, yes, exactly. I'm, I'm a little girl jumping up and down for my friend. So excited. So just unbelievably yeah. thrilled. It's good. I mean, I also realize that whether I have, you know, not as much money or I have a ton of money, it's not going to change. It, it, it's not going to change who I am. It just makes life a little easier, but it, it's, it's definitely not going to change. You're the same person. And, and I think, you know, all your energy shifting and everything you're putting out into the world is helping, you know, other people and you, you shining is allowing other people to shine. You're always lifting me up. 
like I said, and I think just abundance is coming towards you in drones. Thank you. And you too, in drones. In drones. <laughs> is it dro- drones? Is it drones or droves? I don't oh, know. Droves. I don't know. I always mess up words like that. Is it drone? But drones. And I make, and I make up words. <laughs> I make up words all the time. <laughs> but drone sounds good to me, like a bunch of drones. It does. But drones I think it's coming drones. over us. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I will take either one of those words. I will take. Yes, off. exactly. Exactly. Oh, I love you so much. Thank you so much for that. I love you too. That was fun. <laughs> so much fun. To support us or make a donation for this podcast, please visit confessionsofanactress.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at confessionsofanactress. And if you're feeling extra special and generous, please visit iTunes and give us a rave review. I really appreciate it. And remember to have vision for what you want in this world, but be grateful for where you are right now. Thank you for listening, everyone.